Welcome to Healthline 3, I'm Jade Baloxa. We're talking about new treatments in prostate cancer and the importance of screenings. Joining me now with an in-depth look is expert Dr. Gerard Henry with Willis-Knighton Advanced Urology. Thank you so much for being here, Dr. Henry. Thank you, Jade. Well, tell us, what is prostate cancer? Prostate cancer is a male cancer disease. Uh, typically occurs in men over the age of 50. Uh, if you have high risk, like family members, you should start getting screened at age 40. But typically it's older men. It's the number one cancer in older men in this area by far, not even close. And usually if we catch it early, we can do some pretty neat new stuff to treat it. Mm -hmm. And so tell us, how does one get screened for prostate cancer? Well, typically, like I said, high risk patients age 40, once a year, blood work, physical exam, and then we just watch the blood work typically and uh, see if it jumps up. And if it jumps up, then we move on to a prostate biopsy. If that's indicated, we have some other studies too, like we can look at DNA in your urine. These are all new techniques, new, um, you know, technologies jumped up and uh, we um, now have, I'll call it non-invasive treatments for prostate cancer if we catch it early. So. Like most cancers, if you catch it early, you have good results. Mm -hmm. So definitely say if if your dad, your grandfather mm -hmm. has it. Brother. That's definitely a risk factor, oh, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so tell us, you guys have some new prostate cancer treatments. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that for a yeah, little while. Yeah, this is exciting. Okay. Um, the technology has been around for 20 years. Mm -hmm. um, it's been mainly in Europe. Uh, they've made, this is the third, I'll call it addition, revision, um, and it just got approved by the FDA and Medicare a little over a year ago. And um, what it does, it sends sound waves from different areas, and where they meet together melts that little tissue area. And so imaging has gotten so good over the last 15, 20 years that we can do an MRI of the prostate, we can kind of tell where the worrisome area is, we biopsy that, make sure it's cancer, and then if that's like the only area, then we can't, and it's lower grade, uh, we will um, use the uh, sound waves, ultrasound waves. So non-invasive, you understand? Mm -hmm. No bleeding, nothing. Sound waves from multiple areas come together, and where they, where they meet, it melts it like a magnifying glass, um, melts like a spot on the paper in the sun. And it's, I, call, I tell patients it's like playing Battleship. I'm back at the computer, Star Trek, Star Trek, and I tell the computer where to melt the spots, and it melts the spots, and that's it. Just like that. Just like that, and it takes about 35 to 40 minutes outpatient. And is this, is this the machine? Yes. Well, right fantastic. here. Tell us about the video we're, yeah, we're looking at. You're looking at. at the video. This is a robot truly a robot and you're seeing the robot arm and that little um, area at the very end kind of concave area that's black outside the silver is um, where the sound waves come the patient lays down on the table like I said I'm at the computer I'm at the computer screen there's the table um, you put the rectal probe in it goes in and that that's because it's right next to the prostate there and then the imaging occurs so here we go Oh, this is fantastic. Look at that. So you can see us imaging the prostate. We've already biopsied it, got the MRI, know where we want to treat, and there's the images. So I tell the computer where to treat. 
And so I can look at the MRI images. I can look at the live images right there during the surgery. And here you go. Isn't this fantastic? Yes. So there, so that's the area I'm going to treat. I usually treat more than just that area. The whole area, you know, give a, a wide margin. And uh, like I said, it takes about 35, 40 minutes. And I melt that whole area. And usually patients have almost no side effects. They don't even know anything's done. Um, it's outpatient. Come in, get it done, leave. You have to wear a catheter for a couple days because that area of the prostate's melted. And you want to make sure you can uh, empty your bladder. But that's usually the biggest complaint is just having the uh, catheter in. It's fascinating. I like it. It's a quality of life procedure. It's not as um, powerful as, say, radiation, the proton beam that's available at Willis-Knighton or surgery where you remove the entire prostate and tissue around it. But if we catch it early, low grade, low volume disease, and we'll, we'll, we can treat it with this. Um, what's interesting, I thought I'd be doing mainly guys in their 70s, because there's a whole bunch of guys with low volume, low grade disease in their 70s that I thought I'd be treating. But what's interesting, it's, it's guys in their 50s, because they are looking at the, um, they're getting online and finding out the best treatments. So it's these younger, healthier patients that are getting online, seeing it, and um, then choosing it. And I need to somehow, like this show, educate guys in their 70s who have, a, we catch the prostate cancer early and treat them. Oh yes, it's so important to, to do this mm -hmm. and bring this topic to the viewers. Mm -hmm. We have Gladys on the phone right now. Gladys, what is your question for Dr. Henry? My question to Dr. Henry, what is, what is a non-invasive treatment for prostate cancer? Okay, what that's, is that? that's perfect. That's what I'm talking about here. It's called Focal One. Uh, you can get online or you can go to our website on the Will Snyden website um, or it's just put in Focal One Prostate Cancer in your search bar for Google and you'll get to see it. But it, as you just saw the video, it's a non-invasive treatment where you put the uh, probe in that sends ultrasound and where the ultrasound comes down and that spot, it melts. And then we treat 200, 250 spots. And uh, it's, a, it's a technology breakthrough. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. Yeah. And patients really like no side effects, Gladys. That's pretty amazing. F-O-C-U-S. Um, how do you, how do you spell oh, it? Focal, F O C A L space one, O N E. So just focal one, like you're focusing okay. in on one spot, mm -hmm. and uh, that's what we do. We treat we treat that area, and um, typically we'll rebiopsy, make sure there's no cancer about a year later. Wow! So that's the follow up. Right. You got Thank that, you Gladys? Much. Okay, good, hey, good, good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Gladys. So are you seeing good results with it? Yeah, patients, I mean, like I said, the patients are um, coming back, first of all, no pain, not having any side effects. I should probably bring a patient on and, <laughs> and have them talk about it. Yeah, we it. could do that in another yeah. show. And, and, uh, and yeah, that'd be talk. great. And uh, so I usually check that blood test I was telling you about earlier, it's called PSA, prostate specific antigen. And usually I, in my mind, even though you're not treating the whole prostate, you're just treating that one area, it cuts it in like two thirds usually, and we're all happy. And uh, but we still have to check it one year later with the biopsy, make sure there's no, we didn't miss a spot, like say like another area, because I'm only treating you know about a third of the prostate, not the whole prostate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the follow-ups are important. Yes. 
So tell us, what are some of the advantages of a focal one for the prostate cancer? Let's, let's go over that. One, think about something that's simple and outpatient. Mm -hmm. Two, essentially almost no pain, discomfort. Three, um, I mean, it melts the area where the cancer is, doesn't treat the other areas. You know, some of the other treatments, and they're more aggressive, and I'm not saying that they're not better in terms of cancer treatment. That's why we have to catch it early, small volume, low-grade disease, um, you know, cause some other troubles like erectile dysfunction or leaking, and that's just part of the deal with uh, others. But with focal one, you treat just that area, and hopefully they don't have any side effects course it's the weakest tool in the shed too I mean you know it's um, you know it's it's definitely less aggressive and less of a you know cancer treatment than those others but that's why you have to do low-grade low-volume mm -hmm. disease so this is someone who is able to screen and, and catch the cancer You're early. Right. That's why we're talking about screening too. We mm -hmm. want to just like almost all cancers you want to catch it early and uh, um, and so when you catch it early this is a good option. Mm -hmm, absolutely what is the recovery time for focal one when someone has has this type of treatment? Sure. So uh, they come in, it's an outpatient surgery center. It's at Willis Knight and Bossier Pavilion. There's an outpatient surgery center, that's where I go. And uh, the patient usually is there four or five hours. My part is 35, 40 minutes usually. They leave with a catheter because I told you we had, the prostate's kind of melted. Mm -hmm. uh, I usually ask them to take it easy for a couple days, but you, you realize there's no bleeding. There's no incision. Yeah. I mean, the biggest that's, that's thing is the I, IV, IV. They get an IV, of course, because they're put to sleep. You can't move while I'm treating you. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, you have to go to sleep, and so you have to wake up. But yeah, you walk in, walk out, same day. And we have Jared on the phone right mm -hmm. now. Jared, what is your question? Yes, uh, on, a, on a prostate. Why do you have to have a prostate? Okay, the question is, as I understand, is why do you have to have a prostate, okay? Prostate is a reproductive organ. It's um, where your uh, ejaculation comes from. So here's your bladder. Right underneath it sits your prostate. You urinate through your prostate and on out. Well, your prostate is where um, your ejaculate comes from for reproducing. So that's why you have to have it. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a great question. Well, yeah. well, I don't need mine no more, so why, why should I have it? I mean, I'm 76 years old. Well, I, I mean, we don't we don't need to do we don't need to, if it's not causing bad things we don't need to do a surgery on you and, unless it's causing problems. So, but you're right. No, no. you're you're right. In some ways, I mean, you may I mean, not need it anymore. But it's it's like your appendix. You know, like the the little thing that can cause troubles in your belly is is you don't need that ever. But it can cause problems. And if they're causing problems, then you would do it. But otherwise, you just leave it alone. Well, I've been having trouble for about 10 years where it was urinating a lot at night. Well, come see me. I'm happy to help out. That's one of the things I treat is, is uh, trouble okay, urinating. You're in I'm in Bossier and in Shreveport. Bossier? I'm at, at uh, Pyramont, Willis Knight and Pyramont in Shreveport, and I'm at Bossier and Bossier. Okay. All right, because I go to Pyramont. Yeah, I'm, I'm there all day today. <laughs> all right, okay, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jared. Yeah, some great questions there.
So tell us, um, you said this is this is outpatient. Does mm -hmm. someone need a referral to come see you, or, yeah, or how does probably, that all work yeah, out? Yeah, it's, um, uh, most patients are seeing their family doctor mm -hmm. or primary doctor. They may have their, that blood test I was telling you about, PSA may go mm -hmm. up, and if they do, then they would send a referral to me. Um, you know, like another thing is, that's like um, what Jared was talking about, like if you have troubles urinating and the mm -hmm. medicines for that don't work, then the primary care doctor refers them to me and, and then I address those issues. Okay. Larry, good afternoon to you. What is your question for Dr. Henry? Uh, hello, Dr. Henry, and thank you for uh, this information. I think it's truly amazing. Uh, my question though is that I I'm 72 years old and I know a lot of people have a lot of trouble with chemotherapy, and I was just wondering if this kind of treatment could be used on other forms of cancer too. Okay, great question. Yes, I've, I've been asked this in clinic, Larry. Um, is this going to be used in other cancers? Well, again, this would have to be used early on, you know, while the, the cancer is still small. Chemotherapy usually is used for when the cancer has spread you know, later advanced disease. So if you catch it early, they are looking at it for other cancers already. They are researching that. It's not FDA approved for it, so it won't be easy to get done here in the United States. But yeah, I, I know that they're looking at it for like breast cancer and liver cancer and things like that, to my knowledge. That's what I've been told. It sounds like a- Okay, well that, that's wonderful. Thank you, Larry. Yes, thank you, Larry, for calling. We appreciate it. It sounds like that it's something that you're really excited about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, like I said, I mean, who wouldn't want something that's non-invasive, in and out, doesn't affect quality of life? I mean, that's why I tell it's like Star Trek. I'm back at the computer and you're laying <laughs> on the table. So, yeah, and uh, I also say Battleship, like the game, because I tell the computer where to treat. Mm -hmm. So that's kind, of, that's kind of the fun way to describe it to patients. Mm-hmm. So when someone comes in to get focal one, mm -hmm. kind of walk me through the process sure. of, of someone coming. Well, I'll, okay, I'll, you've agreed I'll, I'll to do it. I'll go through the normal, yeah, normal procedure. pathway. Uh -huh. All right. So patient like has the elevated blood test. And we got a couple little special tests like urine and blood tests that we can determine if it's more cancer or not. And if we decide that it's more likely chance of having cancer, then we would do a biopsy. And so we would get the biopsy, we'd go over it together, and if it's more aggressive, I would send them on for proton beam, or if they're younger, I would send them for radiation, I mean a radical prostatectomy, but you know, that's if it's more serious. If it's low volume, low grade disease, um, I would then talk to them about focal one. I'd, I have brochures on it. Actually, a fair number of other urologists in the area have sent me their patients who have this because we're the only ones in the area that have the machine. Ah, okay. So, and so, um, so yeah, I've, I'd like to thank those doctors for allowing me to participate in their patient's care. And we'd go through it, and of course, I usually like to see them twice before surgery, so I give them the information, and then they go home and read about it, and then they come back, and if they want to be set up, then I set them up for it, if they're a good candidate, of course. Absolutely. So after the, the process, I mean, mm -hmm. you talked about, you know, a year later, you'll mm -hmm. have to be checked to, yeah. to see if, if anything's shown up again. Mm -hmm. what, what happens after the treatment? When does someone need to come back and see sure. you to, so to follow up? So usually I see them back one week later and take out the catheter and we go over things. 
Um, and then I don't see them for three months because most of them feel have like no they, have, they have no problems. Uh-huh. And so at three months, I check that blood test, the PSA again, and we're usually very happy. It's good news. And, um, and then I see them at six months and then usually one year. And at one year, we get an M- another MRI. So the, the technology advances in imaging have been incredible over the last 15 years. And so, and then if there's a spot the radiologist doesn't like, or either way, we do a repeat biopsy one year later. Mm-hmm. And um, just make sure that we got it all and there's nothing new. Okay, wow, it's just incredible technology. How long have you guys had, had Focal One? Well, um, it only got approved by the FDA and you know Medicare about a year ago. I think we had it about three months later in November and we've been treating since. Okay, yeah. so I mean, is, it, is it painful at all? I mean, no. it, you said it's you know non-invasive, so. Yeah. Um, They're asleep and they don't complain of pain afterwards. Okay. So they don't like the catheter. Nobody likes the catheter, no. but yeah, uh, yeah. Sometimes catheters, they feel like they have to go like urgency frequency, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, usually there's no blood in the catheter, no blood at all. Wow, it sounds like yeah. something that um, people need to be calling you about if it's... Uh, <laughs> That's why I say Star Trek. Uh, exactly. Because <laughs> everybody's used to, you know, uh, there having to be a cut or, you know, something like that. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's uh, um, it's really wonderful and I'm excited we have it. Mm-hmm. And so well, let's talk about some of the the other options if uh, maybe, maybe someone... Um, has more aggressive cancer. Has more aggressive yeah. cancer. So, Can we go through that? Yes, of okay. course. So say like we go over it and there's cancer in several spots or, or, and or um, some of it's high grade. Uh, typically, if they're young and healthy, I tell them to do radical prostatectomy, but that's my own opinion mm-hmm. and I don't do that surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as they get older and kind of the gray zone is 65, um, I would send them more likely to get the proton beam or radiation. Okay. That's my own personal opinion. I mean, mm-hmm. if you ask a bunch of other people, they may say something different. Not saying a f- I had a 50-year-old doctor who wanted radiation, so no problem. And I saw a 74-year-old that wanted surgery yesterday, and I said, well, maybe you're a little too old, but you can go talk to the, the, that, the person who does the radical prostatectomy. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's, I'll call it kind of the art of medicine there a little, all right? So, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, usually I give them a whole bunch of information. They all get, if they get diagnosed with prostate cancer, I give them a 100 question and answer book. So they can read that. Um, we give them a brochure, understanding prostate cancer. And you know, some families never want radiation or some families never want surgery. So you know, it's, it's it also, you, you have to individualize it yeah. for patients. Yeah, everybody ha- makes their own decisions. Yeah, especially because when, when, when it comes to, to cancer, cancer or cancer in general, they usually ask their friends and family and mm-hmm. it's kind of a team. Uh, team, effort, yeah. team effort, yeah, and exactly. there's some patients I, I refer to several specialists, you know, for, uh, you know, they're not sure if they want surgery or radiation, so I'll send them to both doctors. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a, a lot to decide for mm-hmm. yourself, and, and tell us, why do you call yourself a quality of life, or? Yeah, quality of us, life surgeon. Yeah, t- tell yeah. me about that. All right. well, that's, that's um, interesting. Uh, let's say <laughs> you took a deep breath. I, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not a super serious cancer surgeon. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people that are. Um, I treat, you know, 
what I'll call those issues that can occur after prostate cancer therapy or, or just in life in general. And by that I mean troubles with erections or leakage of urine. Mm -hmm. That's urology and mm -hmm. so those are quality of life issues. So that's kind of yeah. more what I specialize in. Mm -hmm. I don't do the big cancer surgeries or the radiation or stuff like that. So I'm more the smaller, faster quality of life surgeries, including fixing those issues. Mm -hmm. So yeah. All right, well, good to know. And um, tell us more about um, Focal One and just uh, having this as, as an option for people. Sure. What, what should people know? That it is brand new technology, just approved. Um, some of the younger patients don't have uh, insurance that covers. And so it's because it's so new. Um, uh, Medicare covers and a lot of insurance companies follow that, but not necessarily all. Uh, I would like to reach out to the s people in their 70s who have you know, low volume, low grade prostate cancer and uh, try to treat them. Um, like I said, the 50 year olds are savvy and can get online and read about it. Um, Dallas, New Orleans, and Houston all have it. Uh, we were the, f they've all been academic centers, believe it or not. Willis Knight and Bossier is the first community hospital to have it. All the others were places like MD Anderson mm -hmm. or LSU or yeah, academic, big academic places, Mayo Clinic and things like that. Duke had it. I actually went to Duke to, to learn how to do it and um, because they were one of the study sites. They had had the technology before Medicare approved it. And so that's where I went, uh, that's where I did my training at for this. And uh, then, um, but yeah, it's here and we want to treat people and we want to do a good job. Well, congratulations Thank to you, you and Willis Knighton for, mm -hmm. for having the, well, the Focal One. Yeah, it seems just so helpful and just state of the art. So we have Judith on the phone now. Judith, mm -hmm. good afternoon to you. What, what question do you have? I have a question about, for my husband. Um, he wants to know what the year age 82 how that affects this okay great question so your husband's 82 years old remember how i was talking about um as you get older there's more prostate cancer they say 80 percent of 80 year olds have at least a little teeny tiny amount um and uh, that's you know we have to take other things in if your husband's you know has real bad medical problems probably wouldn't treat it, but if your husband husband had a little bit of prostate cancer and we thought it was clinically significant and he's still fairly healthy this is a great choice for him so instead of having a big radical surgery or let's say like uh, the radiation isn't really indicated this would be an easy fast simple solution that treats it did that help you it did and uh you're with willis knighton yes ma'am okay and i'm sorry but i didn't get your name that's all right dr henry <laughs> uh, henry h-e-n-r-y okay. there you go it's on the tv screen <laughs> and I, I want you to know judith i just got a haircut yesterday for this interview <laughs> <laughs> it looks very nice Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So, uh, yes, thank you, Judith, for calling us. So, tell us, how do you get men to come to the doctor? Okay, that's a great one. Uh, typically, men in this area, 
sometimes don't want to go visit their doctor, uh, have the stories where, you know, they presented way late with the cancer. Uh, but yeah, usually one thing, the two things that um, drive them are, you know, typically if they can't get an erection, that will bring them mm -hmm. in, or they can't pee, that will bring them in too. So yeah, no, those are, and then of course we evaluate them for other things. Okay, oh, okay, yeah, that's a good point. Okay, we have Donald on the phone. Donald, what is your question? Um, I'd like to know what are the PSA numbers for For, go ahead, Donald. You want the PSA numbers for? Typically, it's for age. Um, you know, when you're younger. Well, I wanted. I wanted what it. I want the number that. I want the number that becomes a threat to sure. me. Is it yeah, that's what, over four, over five. Over yeah, six? traditionally, traditionally, you're correct. Traditionally, the if magic I'm number is four. Years ago. And you're how old? Seventy-three. Yeah. As, Usually in the 40s, and I'm not saying every lab's the same. Two point above 2.5 is considered high, and then when you get, you know, more into your 50s and 60s, we say four's the magic number, and then in your 70s, maybe 4.5 or five, uh, depending upon the laboratory and where you are in the country. But if you're in your 70s, most people would say above, you know, depending upon where you are, four to five would be considered elevated. Well, I'm. Well, I'm I'm a seven something now, and I was asked to come in and get some uh, prostate samples. Yeah, would biopsy. that be a good thing for me? Well, I don't. I, don't, I, I mean, I, what is your PSA? Uh, PSA was seven seven point four, I think it was. Yeah. Well, um, I assume they repeated it. Did they check and it one more it time? Again, yes. Yeah. All right. Yes. And then you know they would also do the examination of your prostate, and um, um, but yeah, I mean that's and if it's you know yeah that's considered elevated. I mean, you know unless there's some uh, unusual factors, most people would probably biopsy with a above a seven in your seventies. Yes, sir. Well, would you have one yourself if that was your case? Yes, I would. You know, as long as there's not an infection, you know, inflammation, pain, or anything like that on urinating, you know, if this has been, you know, you, you've been checked a couple times, and like I said, there's no inflammation or infection, yeah, you probably need to be biopsying. Yes, I would. Both my grandfathers had prostate cancer, so uh, the, I'm, I'm considered high risk because it's in my family. Um, people of African-American descent have a higher risk factor. They're considered, you know, ones that need to be screened at 40. So both myself, uh, I had to start getting my PSA every year at 40. But, um, but yeah, I, if I were you and, you know, if, you know, you don't have any troubles, you know, with pain or burning or anything like that on urination, then you probably do need a biopsy. I mean, there's other factors we can look at, but just from what you're telling me, yes. Thank Did that you. help? Thank you very much. You're welcome, sir. Thank you, Donald. Wow, that's some good information mm -hmm. there. Um, so, yeah, can you tell me the symptoms of, of prostate cancer? Zero? Until it's too late. 
Wow. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's why we want to screen people. Let's catch them while it's early. And know? so what are the ages again? Well, uh, family history or African-American age 40, neither of those age 50. Um, it's very, very high rate frequency here in Shreveport area. Mm -hmm. Why uh, do you think that is? Diet and genetics. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, they, there's some loose data saying red animal fats. So, you know, hamburgers, <laughs> bacon, you know, mm -hmm. things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So diet can, yeah, can for be sure. a mm -hmm. contributor there. Yep. Okay. So, yeah, we've gotten some good questions. Thank you callers for, for chiming in with us and joining in on the conversation. Mm -hmm. For sure. And again, Focal One, yeah, that great. is something amazing yeah. that is, Think that about is helping some, people out there. Yeah, melting it without without any cuts or incisions. Mm -hmm. And definitely consider your family history yeah, for yeah, prostate mm -hmm. cancer oh, yeah. and come see Dr. Henry. Tell yeah. us where you're located again. Uh, I'm at Willis Knight and Pyramont and at Bossier. Willis mm -hmm. Knight and Bossier, both places. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, um, I have a nurse practitioner who does a great job and I have a partner who does a great job too and we're happy to see people. Mm -hmm. And what right. is your phone number? 212-7335. Okay. 212 7335. Okay, so you guys uh, give Dr. Henry a call if you weren't able to, to call in today. And um, yeah, we want to fight against prostate cancer and um, live a happy, healthy life. And thank you all for watching Healthline 3 today. Have a great week and stay, hyd stay hydrated out there in the sunshine. For sure.